Heroes of Krakoa, your X-Men have arrived. Ooh, baby, what a number one. Yeah, brand new X-Men, brand new team, brand new creative team, starting all over on my little on my little app. It gave me a new block to contain it in because it's now the, the 2021 version of X-Men. X-Men 2021. The sixth iteration of the X-Men title. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin, the hero of Krakoa. That's a bold statement. Yeah, not just one of, you know, I'm not the only, I'm not the singular hero of Krakoa. Well, you said the hero of Krakoa. Wrong wrong article, I guess. Wrong article. Hey, let's talk about the X-Men. So it just came out this week. I've been, I've been gushing over this cover I think we all have ever since it Which was announced. Which cover? You sure, for sure. But the one, the one that's by Pepe and Marta, like the one, the the A. I always get the A. I think I've said that before. I almost entirely, pretty exclusively, get the A. That's what I'm subscribed to at my comic shop. That's what I normally pick up. Generally, I don't pick up variants as well. But you know. I got one. Sometimes got- you got you say that, but lately I know you've been getting them, and like I'm not upset about it because you've been prefacing it. Except for this one, you didn't really do it with this one. But sometimes you're like, "Look what I got you! I got you the this <laughs> copy of the comic." Well, that was only what the X Force where Kate Pride was on the cover, right? Yeah. I thought there was another one, no. but maybe not. Okay, so which one of these is mine? These are both ours. I got, <laughs> I got us these two. And they weren't I was looking for another one that they didn't have. And maybe I'll maybe I'll get another cup, but Which one? The the Gleason, the heads in the box. Oh, the heads. Yeah, the corner box. The heads. That that just looked cool. But I I it did get cool. the the Scotty Young variant. And I normally, I normally don't get the Scotty Young. Like they, they make me laugh often. They're often jokes, and I they're good. Him. But I do, I love his style. We have the, the coloring book that he, his art is used in, and I love that. The storm so. that I did from that coloring book is still one of my favorite pictures I've ever colored. Boom. So I believe there were like twenty six at least covers for this comic which is kind of so ridiculous many, so that's many. kind of ridiculous like and i'm gonna say something and i'm i might get some hate for it ooh. but i don't like it when a cover a variant cover oh yeah I has absolutely nothing to do well i should i mean i guess i shouldn't say absolutely nothing right because they are x-men the teams X-Men. but like the animated series x-men that's not this x-men team wolverine He's not on this X-Men team. Like, mm-hmm. why Why are you taking something that's new, this new team, it's their first issue, and you're going to put other X-Men teams or other X-Men on the cover? Yeah. And it's just misleading. It's like the, the book is not about them. I mean, I like I liked the animated series cover, but I agree with some of the other ones, the Rob Liefeld ones, they just kind of felt really out of left field. I don't know which ones those were. Those were the ones with Wolverine and Deadpool. and Yeah, like, they... what the heck is Deadpool doing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm all for Deadpool being in the comics. I'm into it. But he's not in this one. But he's not in this one. Okay? There are other people, like Wolverine, Laura Wolverine, and and Sink, 
and Polaris. You know, I, I would agree. I don't think I saw a single sync standalone cover. Well, why did Wolverine get one and sync did it? Well, it was Wolverine in a group. No, there wasn't there one that was just Wolverine? Not Logan. There was one of Laura, yes. There were a oh, couple okay, of Laura. Oh, okay, there was one but... of Laura. Good. Laura can have her own cover all the time. And then there was one of Sunfire. There was a couple of Rogue. Yeah. But, like, even the one that was, like, Rogue, like, it was Savage Land Rogue. Like, I still love Rogue, and I think her Savage Land costume is B.A., but, like, what? We're not in the Savage Land, okay? I know there's dinosaurs on this cover. Yeah. And also, like, this cover, it's amazing, but nothing that's on this cover happened in this issue. Well, I would argue that these this tentacle here that's grabbing Wolverine is potentially relative to one of our creatures. The only thing I would say is maybe these are going to be all the different things that they fight because of what's set up in this issue. I think that that's absolutely... And if that's the case, cool. I'm down with it. Bring on the dinosaurs. But in general, I give this one a pass because it's glorious. It it is beautiful. Yes, and at least it's like the full team fighting together in their costumes that they will be fighting in in these... Like, I don't know. I know that might be... That's a thing that's been around in comics for many years. Variant covers and like just you're new to the game, Alicia. Like yeah. chill out. But you know what? I have my feelings. I am who I am. Well, you just don't have to buy those variants, you know? Well, I just. If someone likes them, they buy them. I guess. That's true. If you don't true. like them, you don't buy them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think the you fact read... that we have Pepe and Marta on the cover it's oftentimes you'll get a, a, a different artist mm-hmm. or a different art team to do the cover. But yeah. the fact that we get the, the cover effect and the interior, I mean, they, I believe they had done, yeah, so they had done the A cover for Planet Size X-Men as well. Awesome. Uh, this, also just for anybody that's thinking about picking it up, there are a handful of different covers, so you might be able to find it. It is a great jumping on point, I would say. I don't know if you would agree, but... Uh, if if you're like kind of curious about the Krakoan age and you don't know anything about it or you fell off, which I, I heard from a handful of people that they were interested, they got overwhelmed by the number of titles, they mm. stopped collecting. I think this is a pretty solid jumping back on point. I mean, I would agree that this story starts a new phase or like a new section. So you could be like, okay, I'm starting with this. But I would also say that this particular issue had a lot of humor in it that I really enjoyed that you wouldn't understand them as jokes if you didn't know what was going on. Sure. So it might not, I mean, the issue itself was was exciting and there's definitely like, you know, sort of... um a prologue where they set something up and then a whole lot of things a whole are set story up. happens and then there's like an epilogue that's like another thing gets set up this is about to be what this title is about so in that sense yes but i do think it would be unfortunate if you for sure miss a couple of the jokes because yeah. you don't know what's going on because they do reference other things that have come from the gala and even some things that have come from the universe as a whole but you're not going to get all those things all the time right. i would say that this is a little bit of everything yeah if you if you want to <laughs> if you want a clean enough jumping in point this is good for it yeah but Agreed. know that you're going to miss the fact that 
spoiler alert, Scarlet Witch died in the end of the Hellfire Gala. You did not give enough pause after <laughs> the words hey, spoiler alert. Nobody gave me any pause either. I was spoiled the week before. We are still mad still about mad it. Still mad about it. We're going to be mad about it forever. And the fact what was the meme uh, when you read in a comic about the mutants new planet <laughs> yeah. the what the what yeah. yeah so they terraformed mars into Araco. both of those are referenced here but i think that's enough jibba jabba before we that's get started enough small talk let's get to it page turn noise new Ooh. new villain the black and white scene is set in the past yes yeah, so we get our little tragic origin story for kelvin heng between what happened to him with his parents taking advantage of his success. Stealing all his money and disappearing. And then he kind of continues. He perseveres. He finds a new goal. His new goal. Comes back Mars. strong. Well, you know, that that's where it morphed into. His new goal seems to be a little bit more based in planets, the the restoration of dying elements of Earth, but then could be applied to Mars and spent years trying to apply that to Mars only to have in one night his whole life's work which ripped from him ripped from him by the terraforming of Araco. I do want to call out this image is this image in planet size X-Men this one is the second one or the third one on this page yeah which okay like I had a bird's eye view of that shot reading the comic I don't know who else did. Like, I don't know how the news got that photo. Like, who was who was up on the balcony as all the mutants were celebrating? <laughs> who sent that photo? No, I meant like. No, that was not in Planet Size. Maybe I saw it on the internet or something because I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Nope, nope, maybe, maybe. I don't know what you've seen. You don't know. So anyway, he's real upset. Real upset, and he smashes his little. Mars trinket on his desk and so apparently he has altered his physical state so that he could work and survive on Mars and uh, it was pointless. He's upset. He don't need it anymore. He's been working for years on this and have it ripped away. So I I think this is... steal my money, Magneto steals my planet. Yeah, I think this is interesting because his hatred for mutants is now coming from a different motivation. Like we have a, a new I mean type it is, of, but it isn't. Well, I mean so yes, because it he he hates mutants, but he doesn't fear them, right? That's, no, he just hates them for taking what he thinks. Right. Is so that's a different motivation. His. Yeah. Or just being superior to him in his efforts to get it. I just I was okay. You're right. I concede. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy he hates mutants because Right, they did what he had been trying to do, had not yet succeeded to do, and now he's just a weird, angry-faced red guy. He mad. He mad. He mad in the face. You can see. What do you think of this newest X Men villain slash adversary? I mean, we don't know how it's going to pan out, but I think he's going to be a villain. Oh yeah, he's going to be a villain for sure. I mean, I, I think he has a very specific, targeted motivation which is good for a villain to have based on some stuff that happens a little later in the issue he's definitely the twisted mad scientist i feel like he'd be a good like if him and sinister go head to head i mean sinister's not part of the x-men yeah but 
I think that's a different guy. You think that's a different guy? Oh, because it was a different doctor name. Yes. I'm so terrible at that kind of stuff. When I'm reading, I'm always like, who, wait, who was that? Okay, yeah, just ignore it. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. This is what? Philong. Yeah. I don't know. This is Philong, and that was Dr. Stasis at the end, but we'll get to him. Dr. Stasis. We got our title page. Title page. New kids on the block. New kids on the block. Got a tree house in the middle of New York City. Fearless. Chapter one in threes. So I think Fearless is going to be the name of this full arc. Chapter one oh. is this issue. In threes, I believe, refers to the new threats to the X-Men. So you threes. have Philong and the ones that we'll talk about later on. But But and also this issue is in three sections. Yeah, which I actually really liked. Yeah, I do too. Well, there is one part I didn't really like, we'll but get we'll to get that. to that. Hit me with that creative team. Written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Pepe Larraz. Color artist Marte Gracia. Letters, VCs Clayton Cowles. And let's just also just take a moment to appreciate this creative team because this book is beautiful. It really is. So are your fears, I mean, I know this is the first one, but does this put any ease in your like your wonder if with the frequency of a book like this that they'll be able to keep up there? It was it was less so do I think that they'll be able to keep up. It was more so does this take away from the awe epic of Oh, like it's not <laughs> special anymore? Right. It's now the regular speed. <laughs> no. I mean I would agree that it I did feel like this was special, but it also is a number one, so it's hard to separate those feelings. Uh, that's like if if you were like i'm gonna have i'm gonna have chocolate cake and if i have like death by chocolate cake from greg's and i'm sorry if you don't know if you're not from rhode island you don't know what i'm talking about but you don't know greg if you were gonna have death by chocolate cake and you were gonna get death by chocolate cake every week instead of only on your birthday it still would be death by chocolate cake yeah, but I feel like it wouldn't be as special if, no, if you got it every week. it's death and then, by chocolate. Listen to the name. Yeah, no, but then would you ever eat chocolate cake anymore? Like, would that just make chocolate cake obsolete? Well, that doesn't make death by chocolate cake less special. I'm, uh, But you have to look at it in <laughs> the full selection of cakes. No, no, that wasn't the question. The question was, does it make it less special? It's not a question. It's an evolving <laughs> conversation. And it's now become a metaphor off of our favorite type of cake. I hope everybody goes to Google Greg's. Greg's with two G's. Three G's, G-R- technically. Yes. G R E G G S. There's Greg's. an apostrophe. It's it, his. Yes. Apostrophe S. It's in Rhode Island. See if you can order yourself a Death by Chocolate cake. Get it delivered to your house. I don't know if they do that. Si- I don't know if they do either. Side note Greg's does not endorse the podcast. This yes. is not a sponsorship. For Greg's restaurant, but their banana cream pie is also dope. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. The tree house. The tree house and the surrounding Seneca Gardens. Seneca Gardens. All I can think of is Seneca Crane. Yeah. But also interesting connection to real history, which I don't know if you know, picked that up at the end of the last data page. <laughs> that was a nice way of you saying, like, I don't know if you know real history. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you picked it up, I less of a... I did not. I oh, did not. Okay. Hit me with it. Tell we'll, me. We'll get there and, oh, okay. when we get, and Ben refers to it, but... 
Well, I mean, yeah, but I didn't I didn't read any of that and go, oh, real history. Oh, well, so on the last data page, we'll there's, talk about there's it. an example of, yeah. But anyway, there's the treehouse. You know, it's here. First, we terraform Mars, and for our next trick, boom, a city treehouse. Bam, bam. Here it is. I, and, and Ben Yurick. I love Ben Yurick. He's great. I, You know, if Ben Yurick doesn't go away, that's why I, I know him from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Right, I've been a long time Spider-Man I know reader. Him from Daredevil, I believe. The Daredevil was Netflix it? show. Yeah, but was it Daredevil that? It, yeah, because he was working yep. with the girl with Karen. Karen. I know him from Spider-Man. I didn't realize he was now the co-owner of the Daily Bugle. I haven't been keeping up with Spider-Man. Right. That's dope. This Good for is you, Ben Yurick. Congratulations. It's a fun aspect of them being in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So for the first almost two years now. Krakoa has just been doing their own thing. Mutants, they've been isolated on Krakoa to a degree, and they have whatever old and new threats that come knocking on their door, but now they're in the thick of the Marvel Universe. They're right, what? I just... Into the thick of it. Oh, stop. (laughs) TikTok's ruining it. (laughs) Anyway, they're in the thick of the Marvel Universe... (laughs) And they have a ton of connective opportunities, a couple of them coming up in this issue. Yes. And I just, I love this conversation so much between Cyclops and Ben. It's like. It's real. Just the way, like, they're talking about it. And, you know, the way Ben approaches the conversation is very much just like, hey, hey, man, I'm really impressed by this. Like He's working on this is pretty awesome. Schmoozy, schmoozy, schmooze. How y'all bringing people back from the dead? He's though? working them as a source. Yeah. That was so. A, let's look at, I don't know if you can see in that top panel. So that is John Proudstar, mm-hmm. Thunderbird. I believe back here, that's Magic, who did at a time die and maybe is not publicly known to be alive, but I believe she is. So I was confused by that, that, that being the other person that we're going to highlight in these little pods of technology honoring their fallen mutants. Yes. yes. Agreed. But do you, all right. So it seems as though, especially through this conversation, Mm -hmm. and I think just because of previous conversations, resurrection is not public knowledge. No, I do not believe that it is. What happens if resurrection becomes public knowledge? Like if the people of the world, if the heroes of the world, if the villains of the world learn that the mutants can bring back their dead? Well, I think a pandemonium happens mm-hmm. a little bit and it will increase fear of the mutants and like outrage because there's no way to you know, the circle of life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. controls populations, but the fact that they're just going to be making more mutants and then not losing any yeah. is concerning. And also where it could lead. I don't and know if they And it's also going to lead to a bunch of like shoddy imitations. For sure. Like people trying to recreate it on their own. Ooh. Yeah. Zombie. I love just Cyclops is like, oh, all right. Well, okay. Whoop, whoop, no, and, um, I, I, I got to go. Bleep, um, <laughs> I'm gone in through, in through the mist. And just, I, I just, I do really like Ben's 
place as this character. I just love also the what he's saying. Like, yeah, a lot of unanswered questions about that one, but not one of them was whether he was dead or not, because he was very dead. I visited the corner and good night, Mr. Yurik. It's been a pleasure. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you about this. I'm not at liberty to discuss Mutant it. So I'm secrets. just going to slip into this little gate in which you cannot follow me because you are not a mutant. Right. Which I questioned, right? So that that clearly looks like a Krakone gate. Yes. And it rockets them up the right. treehouse. So that's not a thing that Krakoa does, right? You don't know what Krakoa does. That's, that's true. Could be That could be one of the bespoke cables that we learn bespoke. about later. Ooh, but, bespoke. Yeah, we're getting our we're getting our treehouse tour. Well, you have you ha- you have to also talk about this little schmoochy schmooch with the cute little floating sure, heart sure. that comes up. You know, smoochies. We've got our OG X Men couple together leading a team, but without the usual Canadian distractions or even uh, a certain frosty female <laughs> dividing them up. Frosty female. I feel like so. I hope that the lack of relationship drama continues. So often in books, it becomes about whichever love triangle there is with Scott and Jean. Mm-hmm. And I'm not against relationships in X-Men or in comics in general, but it all too often becomes the focus. And I'd love for this to stick to the balance that we're seeing throughout this book. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think like when it's, it's bound to happen when you have a team sure. of people together. There's going to be tensions or attractions and things Ooh. that happen, right? But it also kind of, I don't know, puts a damper on things when it automatically comes centered around this idea that it has to be like a sexual relationship and that these however many people can't just like live and work together as friends. Right. Well, I mean, you saw the show Friends. Everybody was sleeping with each other and they all swapping and just gradually changing over time. And Well, maybe they should get like relationships (laughs) outside of their small friend group. Rogue and Gambit are married. You know, they'll stay married. Uh, There is another relationship that should provide a slow burn of tension that Sinking i actually Wolverine, right? am interested in yeah. yeah that you know but you don't actually know but i know but you don't actually know but i know because you told me because he was at the gala like oh hey Wolverine, and she was like i'm eating shrimp leave me alone oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes ah uh, yes and so sink and forge working together Working on the treehouse. Which I like. I, I love like it. that. It's yeah. great. Really into that. Love that Forge gets a shout out there. Yeah. And and just like his importance too. Just we were talking about it during Planet Size. He is the guy that has been there throughout all these big monumental achievements, right? The Cerebro upgrade, the terraforming of Mars, all the Skunk Works Forge, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Sink even says, I know Magneto can drop new cores into planets, but... On a day like this, I think Forge might be our most par- powerful mutant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Now let's all lose our collective minds over this tour page because I love this page. It's so beautiful. It's awesome. And I, I mean, I also just like how there's the flow of this book is really well done that we get this big information drop in the beginning and then we ease ourselves into the x-men in this new situation but it doesn't it's not too fast that we don't get 
comfortable in where they're at and like what their sa- surroundings are, or their setting. But it's also not too long that we're we're bored and right. we're like, okay, where's the action? Like, right. it's enough exposition that I understand they're arriving. I know where people are at, and then we can get into the action. Yeah, and it sets up a lot of pieces that hopefully will then intertwine. Like I enjoy comics that cut from one thing to another, back to the first, back mm-hmm. to. But the fact that this has sections where it just fully explores this idea, this idea, this idea, I really enjoy that, especially for a number one. Yes, Polaris walking in through the gate, asking if they have sidekicks to move. The- <laughs> all right, so first of all. How do you not have the ability to move those bags with your powers? Which she does because she does later on in the pages. Second of all, we might have had sidekicks, but people have not responded positively to Children of the Atom, and they were billed as the X-Men sidekicks. Oh, whoops. Uh, I do like the call out here where they're mulling over names for the Blackbird. Yes, I love that they say they're going to call it. Thunderbird, the Thunderbird, yeah, or Proud Star, or Proud which, Star. Yeah. Again, another reference to John Proud Star to really hammer home the fact that he's dead. Uh, and, he's really dead, right? Which I mean, Wait, why is he really dead? That's the the big question. There's been a lot of discussion about how how come some characters are resurrected and others are not. So Thunderbird died. He first appeared in Giant Size X Men. Mm-hmm. He died two issues later in. Uncanny X-Men number 95. Yeah, 95. But Sway and Petra, who are technically of the team that went to Krakoa before, so that's like the Deadly Genesis team, Mm -hmm. they are resurrected. Well, how long were they alive before they died? Like, maybe it has something to do with how long he was like an established mutant and how much information Cerebro was able to back up about him. So that's the thing that has been confusing me is that the Cerebro backups didn't start until Forge was recruited to the team. You know, right, that so conversation, how are those two that's, what, that's the question, right? So the potential answer is that when Vulcan was in stasis at the end or you know beginning of Deadly Genesis and he had like the other material of them in his mind, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Or maybe Moira had backed them up because she knew that this might be a potential, like cloning or resurrecting could have been a thing, and she wanted to keep their genes on file because she's now been retconned to have been a mutant the entire time. We don't know exactly sure. what's been going on with her. But the idea of the the mental backups and the regularly updating cerebro files that's a i think late 80s in terms of continuity pickup interesting <laughs> two more quick parts oh god okay uh this line i need to confess something if you killed wanda please don't please don't you, that's that's what i'm talking best about line. that moment was amazing yeah and if you don't know that Wanda's dead Wanda's dead <laughs> And if you don't know that Wanda's dead, you just got it spoiled when you read that sentence. If I didn't spoil you before at the beginning of this episode, there it is again. So this point about, I never had a treehouse growing up, but I always wanted one. And this is the second time he said it. Get over it, Cyclops. So it's, <laughs> just I guess get over it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I hadn't razzed Cyclops yet this yeah. entire episode. So. so, I mean, I think, you know, and we've talked about before, Scott grew up in an orphanage. Yes. Right. 
Now, now I sound like a big old jerk. Which, which really makes you reflect on the journey that he's had throughout Hickman's X-Men run and why he's been, like his main driving force has been actively fighting for maintaining the home and the family that he's never really had before. Mm-hmm. Like, he has this home on the moon with his kids and his wife and like they have this new family unit and his brothers and his dad's there and like that's the thing that he's been fighting to preserve and now like he's all smiles he's living his best life this is <laughs> this is scott at number one last thing i'll say okay there are eight rooms there are seven members so if you look at the diagram <laughs> oh my god you really you really went in it i do that's what i do i've read it like four times eight rooms seven members two of them are a couple Right? So do they share a room? How do you know that there are eight rooms? These little pods are the rooms. There are eight of them. One, two, three, four. Well, symmetry, baby. Sure. I mean, maybe... I'm just saying, are they going to add another person? Do Scott and Jean share a room? They didn't on the moon, but that, I assumed, was because of the unspoken relationships that are kind of been spoken. Mm. Wolverine. I... We didn't need you to tell us. We knew. Okay. All right. Now, now you can, can go. I get go to off. my go most off. upsetting thing? Okay. I've mentioned this before when talking about data pages, how they put them right in the middle of stuff. So at the bottom of this page, Jean says... I'm getting a telepathic wave of excitement from downtown. People seeing a fireball in the sky. Rogue, can you do a flyby? Ooh, something exciting is about to happen. But first... Turn the page. We have a side-by-side of Rogue flying with a fireball in the sky. But wait, you must read this data page before you can get to the action. Do you know how badly I want to just skip the data page, get to the action, and then I would never go back and read it? And also, what did this data page tell me? I mean, the data page told you the details of the acquisition of the... The data page told me that Emma bought a building. Yep. Because she has money, money, money. That's her other superpower. And then they tore it down to put a treehouse there. A billion dollar deal. So and that's they also, unnecessary information. They also worked with Forge and Tempo. Yeah. The only good thing about that data page was that it said that Forge and Tempo were close to winning the X-Men election. Which is interesting because, right, so in world, there is no fan vote, right? Right. So that means that this is being written in that Forge and Tempo almost won the telepathic election. Right, but we but but it really means Team Tempo was close, baby. I mean, we know. We saw the we numbers. Know. We we saw the numbers. The proof is in the pudding. Team Tempo. Team Tempo. But yeah, I was I was like so angry cuz what Right in the middle of the action, you're going to be like, okay, but just pause for a second. I know we gave you this exposition. We're giving you this juicy story to bite into, but I, I think, need you to read this data page really quick about the treehouse. <laughs> I think I think I wasn't as mad about it because I'm really into the treehouse. I was really excited to learn more about it, and I've seen these next two pages before reading oh, this well, issue. Good for you. Good for me. So there's a fireball in the sky and Rogue tries to take it down. Yeah. Yeah. This was so, like I just mentioned, this was one of the preview pages that I've seen the line art. I've seen the, this the colors of Rogue flying. Yep. I've seen the, the finished design and it was the preview page. So if they, they pick a page to do that with and they might show you updates along the way. But big picture, kind of to what you're saying, this is the art that 
I'm excited about. You know, these explosions, right. these big sweeping landscapes, these, you know, I know that there's likely going to have to be a fill-in artist at some point, but honestly, the the regular team is just so exciting that I, I'm just enjoying it while I can. Honestly, yeah, I love the art, but the colors for yeah, me are what pop. make the art just really stand out. Yeah, for sure. The way they pop and the the sh- like the shading and the detail. I was trying to do some math on this. All right, so oh math, okay. So Pepe and Marta, yes, they did the six issues of House of X together. Okay. I wonder, like, what was their timeline working into that? Because that came out one issue per week for twelve weeks, sometimes alternating with mm-hmm. Powers of Ten which was a different, I think Marta still did the colors, but RB Silva did the pencils. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, can they keep up the pace with six issues before they get to the end of the year? Because there's six issues, you know, one a month, July, August, September, October, November, December. This is a monthly book? All books are monthly books, unless it's otherwise noted, yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> what? what? What did you think it was, a what? weekly? Weekly, <laughs> bi-weekly? No. I don't know time because I read them all at once. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, if you just read it all like one big story, then you get three issues of the entire story every week. Monthly. Boo. But, can they, but so that's the question. Can they keep up that pace? I think that they could do it because you they did it. just asked it again after you told me <laughs> it's not about if they can keep up. You literally just said it again. I can, I can have multiple questions around the same topic. What are you talking about? No, last time that's what you said. Can they keep up with it? The pace. Of course they can. I think uh, that's what. they're freaking rock stars what do you mean this is their job this is what they get paid to do hey we got this little zoom panel on the next page (laughs) of rogue to just show the size of this monster in comparison to her is amazing yeah and he just flicks her that was so rude that transition (laughs) (laughs) flicks her through three buildings yeah flixer with its weird like tentacles that kind of look like tongues which i think that that's the thing that we see on the cover no no the tentacles are red this tentacle is purple okay it's different sure yeah this tentacles on the cover have like striations in it horizontally and these red ones uh, do not Okay. Okay. Proven wrong. I'm just trying to make you feel better about the cover having more relevance. I just think the cover is going to be more of these things that come throughout. I'm letting that be my headcanon what it is. So I'm waiting for raptors. Great. We'll see them. Hey, our team. Here comes the team. Uh, I've been seeing this shot all over and it's just uh, really cool. It's super cool. This has been another one of those preview panels uh, without text, but just... The full team shot, except for Rogue, because she's already being pushed through buildings. Yep. I think it's kind of funny. Like, Polaris is like, all right, let me take care of this. And then immediately she's like, oh, I can't. I can't. And Rogue then Rogue just shows saves up. The day. I'm here for you, sugar. Not that kind of metal. Just regroup and Forge saves the day by way of sync. He's got an idea. Well, Polaris get by some time yeah sure right 
And then Sink Forge. Sink Forge. Shorge. Fink. No. <laughs> Planet X-Men asked today, how do you pronounce Everett Thomas's code name? Is it Sink or Cinch? I feel like it's Sink because... Synchronous. Yeah. Right. Synchronized. That's what that's what I've always pronounced it as. And But I remember we talked about this in a book club yeah. at one point. I mean, when you look at it, because like if I was thinking about the word Sink... It would just be S-Y-N-C. S-Y-N-C, right? no H. But synchronicity Synchronous. has an H. Right. So I'm going to say it's sync. And because uh, when I think cinch, I think like cinch your waist. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. You don't know. I pronounce tons of things incorrectly. So, And then, yes, forge, sync, sync, forge. Got an idea, and they all band together to make the ultimate crossover of thing ideas that I never knew that I needed. It's just a Power Rangers. This is a Power Ranger Megazord X Mech. X Megazord. Which, come on, that's so cool. And they utilize their different powers to to fuel it, to run it, to operate its weaponry. This, yeah, it is pretty cool. This image where it's just like the X coming out of the darkness. The burning the X. burning X. And the monster's like, what? What? I don't even know. What is that? But yeah, that full that full page. Just some of the coolest action scenes and Kind of looks like pages. a minion. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> These next couple Banana. pages, coolest action sequence of the Krakoan era, I think. One of. Whoa. That's a statement. Yeah. Stand by it. They fight him. They, they save the day. You know, not without some struggles, but. I did think, and like later in the issue, when it talks about where this thing came from, mm-hmm. it was a little bit more satisfying to me, but I was a little bit like, okay. And they just introduced the thing win, and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over. So like, I was like, oh, what? Okay. There's it, a giant kaiju monster. And- well, they're taking it down, but not. Before the other superheroes of New York are on their way. Hey, we're coming. Save some monster for us. We're going to be there. And Jean's like, no, no, we're going to have this wrapped up before you even get here. Which that was like heroic collegiality, you know? Yeah. That was just Avengers and the Fantastic Four are all super welcoming to the new mutant team and the impact that they've had, which is kind of... Which doesn't track. Doesn't track from... No, from... It doesn't track at all. The Fantastic Four are PO'd at well, you. Well, it's it's Thing, right? So Thing was... He, he was, was the one. He was the one throwing bones yeah, in the... But like Captain America was like real skeptical just a couple days ago at the gala. And now he's like... But I could also see him being like, this is what I wanted. Right. We're back you're here. in action together. Yeah, you're here. You're doing the good work. You're saving the city. You're helping people. Like, You're being a part of the bigger picture. I also just for a second don't want to forget about just talking about Laura for a second. Because oh, yeah. I could really appreciate her as a character in this issue because... She is very quiet and reserved and she's in the background, you know, like Polaris is getting her tour. She's just kind of like, hmm, I'm in my room, like doing whatever. She doesn't really say much or do much until she's like, just get me. In. She's like just quiet. Me, and she's Just like, let me cut things. Just let me get inside it and I'll just cut it up. And then when that moment comes, then she like goes full force. And I don't know. I was like, oh, yeah. OK, Laura. Yeah. Uh, one question about Laura. Wolverine. Excuse me. One question about Wolverine. 
So we do at some point in this page, I believe it's in the next data page from Ben Yurik, we get like a time marker of when this is in relation to the Hellfire Gala. Mm -hmm. Does Laura know that Gabby's dead? And if so, like has that affected her or is Maybe. it you know trying she to probably does right so it's been at least about a week since the hellfire she's gala she's got to know she's right. got to know and maybe that's why she's so reserved right quiet and reserved hmm. and i think that that might also be why she's not actively in conversation is you know jerry knows that this is a plot point that's been going on mm -hmm. that is still playing out in new mutants can't really say much of anything we will find out we will get a new mutants issue before we see issue two of x-men yeah, I mean, I think that's, but that's just one of the things that makes this issue even more amazing. Right. Is that it's attention to the characters and where they're at, you know? Mm hmm Good job, team. Let's make our robot into a lighthouse. Yeah, I think that's cool. It just leaves it open to come back and then analyzing the attacker, you know? Yeah, and they're like, what is this thing? We've never seen anything like this before. So only mammalian brains... And it has the ability to replicate with whatever else it finds. It's the wild sentinels of space. Like it's, mm. they're coming in. They want to take down all the people. But that's not what they're doing. It's not. You find out later that it's not, it wasn't actually sent there to like take down and recreate. It was just like, or I guess it was. No, it was. But it was also just part of a game. Well, it was, it Who was part of. Who can be the first person to destroy. The humans. The humans. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said it weird. I just wanted to get in there real quick so you couldn't redo it. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, I was wrong, so I needed to do something to get myself back in my glory. Game world. Game world. Uh, so this is the kind of epic alien world view that I was excited about when we saw Planet Size X-Men. Mm. Like this Star Wars vibes all over it. It also gives me very like grand master from Sakaar Oh yeah vibes. yeah yeah I, it just it it was like i've got moss eisley cantina mm. type location with all these interesting characters like if i was a supervillain, this is where i would vacation i would be hanging out here i'd be gambling I'd be, I'd spend a month over your weekend here at the game world yeah let me just gamble my money and fight my giant monsters and we get our Second big villain, I believe, Wait. or adversary. Time out. Sure. Before we get there, first I want to talk two things about characters on Game World. Okay? One, the leader of Game World. Okay? I don't know who they are, but can we just talk about this like dinosaur-looking plant monster that's coming out of a rotting skull in an astronaut suit? Cordyceps Jones! Am I supposed to know who that is? You do not. This do is you? I looked him up. This isn't his first appearance, but he has not had very many appearances. His first appearance was in 2017 in a Rocket Raccoon miniseries mm. written by Al Ewing. Oh, interesting. Interesting connection. Also in that miniseries, Murd Blurdock. Murd Blurdock. What? The alien lawyer at the end of the book. Oh my God. I love him. I love him so much. I love his little eyes. I love him. Um, no, is it? It's blurred. Blurred. Murder, blurred. blurred. I, that might not even be his last name either. Matt Murdock? Right. It's a play on Matt Murdock. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's 
hysterical. In um, the in the Rocket miniseries, there's also <gasps> a. Is it Yondu? No. No. Okay. You, Jesus. Yondu's blue, but he has a little fin. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. When I was reading it, you looked at me and you said, do you know who that guy is? And I said, no. And so now I would like to know who's this guy in the corner sipping his little drink. Because you thought this red guy, you thought that he at was At first I thought it Filong. was the guy from the beginning. Yeah. Because right. he's red. That is and the now high I thought it was Yondu because he has a fin. That is the high evolutionary. The high evolutionary <laughs> is the... <laughs> The High Evolutionary is the person who gave Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver their powers. Theoretically. Canonically. Wah, wah. Yeah, okay. Well, then I, how, how, how would I have known who that person is? If you read a comic with the High Evolutionary in it, or if you saw issue three with him on the cover. Look at me. Did I read that comic? No. Do I look at issues no. ahead of time? So... Let me ask again. How would I have known who that person is? You wouldn't, and I just told you. Okay, great. But it also, like, he doesn't say anything. It's just a nod it's to him a- coming into the future. Yeah, he's the guy that's going to play a part later on. Cordyceps Jones. Cordyceps is a type of fungus that infects living things. I like it. Yeah, well, especially the fact that he's inhabiting this Astronaut, astronaut corpse it's awesome look it's a second data page the reflections the second data page which on the really mutants moves gives you the feeling that this issue is coming to a close mm-hmm. but there's actually more so that's this is when we get that time marker of where we are in relation to the gala and i really like this editorial message it makes me Love Ben Urich. Yeah, like, I love that he I love that he's saying like a treehouse isn't threatening and like yeah. maybe you guys think the mutants are trying to take over the world with kindness, but like that's fine with me. This is not J. Jonah Jameson. You know, yeah. this is not Spider Man's a menace, I'm gonna plast it all over the walls. This is he's great. Like I love him. Uh, so we do get reference in that last paragraph about Seneca Gardens and how it is in reference to Seneca Village, which was seized from largely black landowners from Central Park. Oh, that is a real thing in history. Right. I did know that. When it was created in the mid-19th century. So I did look this up as well, and it was eminent domain by the government's claim where they could then offer you money and buy your house, basically steal your house from you for mm-hmm. a less money yes. that it was worth. I remember reading that story um, sometime last year when I was trying to do some educational research for my own knowledge Mm. and i was appalled yeah so yeah he acknowledges the range of the responses all the people and he adds his own take just kind of lessening the blow that it seems to be being dealt by most people's reactions yeah and i think it's an interesting perspective and an interesting take that he's really coming from it of like okay listen Y'all might be thinking, what's up with the mutants? What's up with their nation? Why are they doing this? But really... Think about it. They're just trying to like have their own space, but they're not doing anything threatening to us. They're still here to protect us. Right. But I'm not done questioning them entirely. Well, he's a journalist. You know, he shouldn't be. I, I do like the point where why would they use Mars as a staging area for an invasion when they just had 
a full island of superpowered people on Earth. Like, why right. wouldn't you just use that as your staging area if right. you were really trying to do Less something? Less distance to travel. It's all relative through Gates. And now, deep in the ground, in a particularly evil part of New Jersey. That part really got me. Hilarious. In a particularly evil part of New Jersey. Where were you born? Deep in the ground, in a particularly <laughs> evil part of New Jersey. These These little experiments are kind of disturbing. Jerry Dugan is from New Jersey. Oh. I believe. You can fact check me on that. So like this guy is trying to combine Dr. Stasis. Animal DNA with human DNA? He's trying to become the next step in human evolution. He's trying to And his subjects are not living very long and then is it appears that he's like saving them in bubbles so he can figure out how to resurrect them cuz the mutants are doing resurrection. See, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Shoddy attempts at recreation, yeah. at resurrection. Well, yeah, he wants to figure it out. He wants to know how you're doing that. And I Seemingly, respect him and his murder board. Yeah, that's intense. Charles Xavier at the top. He's trying to unlock the secrets to mutant immortality, or at least he's motivated to, sco- to discover how they're doing it. And it's a cool connection point. So this is a different motivation now, but also connected to Yurik's line of questioning from the beginning of the book. Where it's just, hey, why is Jumbo here? Like, Jumbo has a store in New York. Like, how's he doing that? Sorry, I'm. I got lost in trying to look at all the images on the mor- the murder board and see if I could murder board his murder board. Nice. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. But again, and you know, another. That's our third, right? Our third new villain or new big bad. Third big bad in threes. It's a trio. In threes. That's the name of the issue. And then blurred. Yeah, another Al Ewing creation from that same Rocket miniseries, which it just makes me feel like Al and Jerry are doubling down on this A, collaborative work together, but Mm -hmm. B, connectivity to the bigger Marvel universe. Listen, all of these people are trying to ruin my life because they just want all the comics to be connected and you have to read every single one forever. Yeah, maybe. And I mean ruin my life in like the most endearing term, like in the most endearing way. I'm not, I don't really mean ruin my life. I just mean make it difficult for me to keep up. Yeah, well, you don't have to keep up all the way. I'll keep you up in some spots and we got Marvel Unlimited if you want to dive into certain things and I've been doing a whole lot of random reads lately. But anyway, hey, before we get on a tangent, let's talk about this issue. What would you think? Before we get on a tangent, I really liked it. I thought it was really well paced. It was interesting. There was good action. There was humor. The art was beautiful. It was a great issue. Yeah. Art was spectacular. I loved it. I, I really did love it. I, you know, so a lot of people have been complaining about oh the mutants aren't heroes anymore Mm -hmm. they're off in their own thing they don't they don't care about the world they've they've removed themselves from the equation and i feel like this is back to basics enough in terms of high-flying superhero adventuring but with a ton of new elements that build off of Mm -hmm. the krakoan era that we've been a part of all along like everything's coming out of what's been established in the last two years of storytelling Agreed. We've got Feelong feeling wronged by the mutants and their conquest. Just the smile on your face when you said it. Cordyceps Jones looking for a new planet to infect all his own. Oh my God. 
And Dr. Stasis trying to move forward. <laughs> Give it to me. What's the rhyme with stasis? No, it's just he's stasis and he's trying to move forward. It's more of a thematic play. Well, that's not as exciting as the other ones. Dr. Stasis is trying to move to new places. There you go. On the fly. There you go. Hey, so I, I said it before. I really loved the, the narrative structuring of this issue, Me too. too. Me too. I think that that was, especially for a first issue, uh, oftentimes you'll get a lot of weaving story points, and I'm, I'm happy to see that down the line, but here we get a lot of new elements, and they get places to breathe and just be their own thing mm-hmm. and, and cement in your mind like this was that thing. Yeah, this like was a that lot thing. happened in this issue, but so I much. didn't feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Which in in some issues, you know, like I think back to House of X and Powers of Ten when there was so many so things much. happening sometimes in an issue, but the structure of the issue was like bouncing around. And usually I like when a story bounces around, but the way this was structured and the pacing of each of the sections was done really well. So I wasn't confused. Mm-hmm. It was like an easy read. Like it was, I, I when I picked it up, I said, ooh, this is thick. But it didn't. Moves fast. It moved quickly. And every section felt like the right amount, you know? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't over the top Enough in any to way. Enough to leave you wanting more with like this little hero story plopped in the middle. You know it. Hey, before we wrap up, because we're just talking about X-Men in this episode, I, you probably gathered that by the title or by the fact that we'll we spent... We'll go over the other issues at yeah, another the, time. The fact that we spent like an hour talking about just one issue. <laughs> um, Classic. Got, That's what we do on this podcast. I got a couple questions for you. Oh. So now that you've seen the team in action, what are your thoughts about the team? I like the team. I like the team and my only my only fear just because of how and maybe he is he has grown, he has changed, but I really liked the dynamic of this issue because it felt like a collaborative team and like Jean was tying them all together, but it was because she was using her power to link them. But it was much less of like one person saying, you do this, mm-hmm. you do this. Yeah. And more like, a all right, we're a team. Like, let's figure out how we do this. Who has an idea? Yeah. And well, like even even Polaris moving quickly to rescue them and then sinks like, hey, I have a plan. And then Sunfire is like, we have to do this. Like, right, right. It's that, like a democracy that on the dynamic team. Yeah, yeah. That it's like one unit equal parts it's not the cyclops show it's not the cyclops show like i don't need cyclops to say cool off sit down i'm in charge yeah no that's fair but also i didn't get that at all from this or really right that's what i'm saying from the krakoan era i haven't really seen a whole lot of that okay well that's good yeah other than polaris did you have a favorite x-men member in this issue because sink oh Ever Thomas, step into the front. Yeah. Any particular reason why? I just Well, I I thought I got to know the character's powers a little bit more and I I liked seeing a character who I don't know much about easily be in the forefront of an issue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like also how he had like 
he has these abilities, he does these things, but he's very humble, mm-hmm. you know? And he's just like, okay, like I have this idea or like, oh, well, cause Forge is still in my mind. Like I have this idea. Yeah. I wonder like, how that, how long that lasts. I don't you know. know. Like, but like Rogue, seemed- Rogue has the ability to kind of keep something for a little, like, she can take like a, a zap of something mm-hmm. for a little while, but. Well, it seems like him and Forge were working together for, for a, while. a while. So like when he left, he may have, you know, like, I wonder if it's where Rogue and and I, maybe, you know, the answer to this, but like when Rogue touches someone, that's mm-hmm. how she gets it. And like the length of her touch is more that she absorbs. But it seems like sync could be like continuously connected, you know, like maybe the entire time that Forge and Sync are working together, there's like this like force between them. Deeper sinking. Oh, God. Sinking deeper. Enough. (laughs) (laughs) And then once he walked away, then it's like he's charged up. Unsinking. Oh, my Lord. Floating. What's any more questions? Hey, yeah, I mean, I'll answer the questions as well. I love the team. I think that it's really good balance that they get to play off of each other. I was really impressed with Sunfire personally. Mm, yeah. I thought that the fact that he didn't quit the team was pretty impressive. Snaps to you, Sunfire. And he really like worked with the rest of the team. Yeah. Like you know, I'm I'm personally interested I, He would have been the second one I would have said. I'm personally interested to know like his his pitch for why he wanted to be an X-Man and I think that that has been a tease that we will get some of that information as this mm. title unfolds. And I did really enjoy Sync and and what he brought. I thought that it was great that they worked forge in in a pretty important way mm-hmm. uh wolverine had her moment as well and, mm-hmm. and did really well like everybody had their moment did their thing yeah which that's was great. what i'm saying that's what what made it so great was everybody had a moment in some capacity what are your thoughts on these new villains exciting exciting yeah i mean i think it's going to be interesting to see how each of them plays in but i also think it's it's going to make for more dynamic stories because it's not just one villain so it's not going to feel like the same fight over and over and over and over again right well i mean in each of them have their own like cordyceps jones has who even knows what else he has through game world and everybody there and and all the other things they might throw at the earth to right. try and so, clear humanity so that right that's like that a wormhole a huge of, variety of right. things that could come at them. and i feel like the other two are kind of slower burns that are going to be building in the background and i feel like the guy from the beginning Felong. Felong. i feel as though his attack is going to involve the x-men but i think that's setting up a bigger villain for Krakoa as a whole because of its relationship to Mars. And I think that there'll be like the thread that ties that story together, but I don't think that's going to stop. I mean, I don't really think any of their villains are going to stop right at just like, they're not surface level. Like, no, these are, these are big guys. These are, you know, these are not giant robot monsters that get defeated in seven pages, which not mad because we get we'll get more and mm-hmm. that was cool enough and they did it was for a worthy. second i thought you were talking about sentinels so no <laughs> sentinels have been sentinels off forever a giant robot monsters that get defeated in seven pages i mean sometimes <laughs> i'm very excited about this title the next issues and where we're going forward me too 
Uh, I, I like all three of the villains. I'm, I'm pretty interested in the fact that they all have different motivations that they're coming at before. They all want different things and they're all against the mutants in different ideological ways. And I feel like that creates a lot of opportunity for cool new stories. The Krakoan. Yes, I was going to say, what is it? Oh, Kansas. Kansas? Toto? We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Hmm. Kansas. Well, oh, maybe that is. We're not in Kansas anymore. You know, like maybe are they going off world? Are they? I don't know. I don't think they're going to go off world that quickly. The covers, the two covers that I've seen are just really team shots. It's the one. We have established the covers mean nothing. <laughs> this cover means something. The first cover that I saw was it's them with all their hands in and Polaris has the coffee cup. Oh, yeah, and I love that one. Pinky out. And then the other one is Mahmoud Asrar's team shot. And you have like uh, Sink is staring at Laura in the same way that he did. At the gala. Uh, in the issue that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You don't know. That I don't know. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles. You weren't in this issue at all, and I loved it. Neither was Magneto. I was sad. He was referenced, though. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.